Hello, beautiful listeners, and welcome back to Rise from the Dead podcast. I'm your host, Ash, and tonight I am joined by Gray himself. Say what's up, Gray. What's up, Gray? (laughs) What's up, Gray? (laughs) I do what I'm told real well. (laughs) Oh, perfect. You can definitely get a gold star today. Thank you. You're welcome. Like I said, this is Rise from the Dead podcast, and the premise behind the show, myself and a special guest will be reviewing a lesser-known horror gem, and then we're going to figure out if the film should rise from the dead or stay buried. So before we get to the movie, I got some icebreaker questions I would like to ask Gray. Love it. You ready? I I hope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so first question, since you missed out on uh, our show's prom night episode, I I asked this question, I I just thought it was fun, so I would love to ask you this. Who would you rather go to prom with, Carrie White or Mary Lou? Uh, Do do I have to? (laughs) Yes, you have to pick one. I'm going to go with Carrie White. What? I think that I'm just kidding. <laughs> less. I feel like Mary Lou was vindictive. I think Carrie White was more so of a, a victim of circumstance or product mm-hmm. of circumstance. Uh, and I know to cut out before we name prom queen and king, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, we have fun. Let's, talk, let's, let, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. All righty, question number two. If you were to teach a horror one-on-one class, what three films would you show? Horror 101, three films. Uh, well, first and foremost, John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm-hmm. I think OG, it, it is one of the best films. I, I told you guys, and me and Bobby talk about this all the time. I can watch this movie over and over again. Film number two. Ooh. What happened to <laughs> Pumpkinhead? Ooh, Pumpkinhead. Film that showcases practical effects. It's one of the things that, I guess, seduced me into this dark genre. <laughs> and then... Uh, Return of the Living Dead. I think what? A great way to... I know it has mixed stories of how this film franchise came to be. However, it doesn't mind taking a satirical look into horror. Plus zombies. Right. Just I've go- never seen the rest of the like the series. Is there like two more films after that one? or There's, I believe, six total. There's two, three, uh, four, five, maybe it's just five. Because there was like two back-to-back films, late 90s, early aughts, 2000s. Uh, I I need to play catch-up then. (laughs) But I'm actually surprised you didn't bring up one of your favorite films. Texas. Oh. I was going to say Texas Chainsaw. You know what? It's because I didn't think about it. What? Well, you just gave me it. just three, and you see how Sleepaway Camp was the next thing on my thing, but I had to wait it out to balance the curriculum. 
<laughs> Sleepaway Camp is just so good. I love that film so much. Yeah, another film with good use of camera placement and practical effects. Chasing Chase Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I think I've swooned over this movie for uh, numerous of reasons, but yes. If I were to give out extra credit, it would definitely be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Definitely. All righty. So next question. Why do you love horror? Wow. You know, Ash, I don't believe anyone's ever asked me that before. <laughs> Is it weird if I say because it, it reminds me of my childhood? <laughs> like, no, I thought you were about to say because it reminds me of an ex. But... <laughs> oh no! I mean, well, <laughs> no, I, I think it, it's a form of escapism. Like, there's something relaxing and uh, entertaining about watching people die. I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> I don't regret a single word I chose. Because in the same <laughs> hand, I've met a lot of people that love genre film that also love Disney. So then right. it's like, what is going on in our heads? Because I'm a Disney person, too. My sister was just tell, talking to me the other day. She just got back from Disney World. I have and never I been to Disney World. <laughs> our whole family, actually, fun, great family tidbit, that we all love Disney, and we go there sometimes as a family, or we do our own trips. But I have probably been to Disney World more times than most people that don't live in Florida. And Disneyland, I ventured to quite a bit when I lived in Texas, just because it was closer. Not the same at all. So if anyone's never been, go to Disney World, not land. The easiest way for me to remember that when I was younger is that land starts with L.A. Disney World's in L.A. or outside of L.A. Uh, Disney World is in Orlando, Florida. O.R. is in World. So that's how you can remember the two. So a little Disney knowledge for you guys if you haven't heard <laughs> I remember what's where. That's actually pretty smart. I'm sitting over here like, wait a minute, what? Like, mine is completely blown. Oh, <laughs> yes, that was uh, Little Gray. <laughs> Figured that out. <laughs> That's good job. I am proud of you. <laughs> All righty. Next question. Who is your favorite uh, movie villain? Michael Myers. Hey. He's a different type of evil. I just recently, I guess, on a podcast that I do, brought this up. And between the big ones, Freddy, Jason, uh, even Ghostface, he seems to be the only person that is landlocked into a, a situation. Like, he can't get anywhere, but he still gets places. Right. Freddie can get you in your dreams. Uh, Jason Voorhees apparently can teleport. And <laughs> Ghostface can be anybody. But Michael Myers is just pure evil that will stop at no means to get you. It's crazy when you think about it. Right. Well, you already know my favorite is Jason, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's in New York. He's in space. He went to hell. That guy's everywhere. <laughs> I wonder what his like frequent frequent flyer mile, miles is like. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore that thought. Anyways, <laughs> you know where my mind went when you said that is like, what would you do? 
if Jason Voorhees sat down next to you on a plane? Like, what would you do? <laughs> just be like, oh, I don't, I don't see anything. I'm just gonna mind my own business. I won't even put my arm on the armrest. Like, <laughs> he's having um, trouble getting his machete in the overhead compartment. <laughs> it's like, do you help him? He's like, clearly here for me. <laughs> he's after someone. Yeah. I'm good. All righty. So, last question. What will your last words be if you're about to get killed? Yahtzee. <laughs> what? Yahtzee. So, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I, I already, I didn't know you were going to ask this, but this has come up before. And I feel like if I'm ever going to be murdered, it needs to be impressionable. No one's ever expecting someone to say Yahtzee. I bet the killer would be like, okay. Yeah, it could be thrown. <laughs> Maybe that bought me a couple more seconds. <laughs> Yahtzee! <What? laughs> That's interesting. I'm going to have to keep that in my mind. I'm going to have to savor that. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So... Before we get on to the review of the film, I have to get a little sappy with you. Okay. Okay. So, this is my way of, like, giving your flowers, because I believe, like, you deserve them. 100%. So, to you and to the listeners, I just want to (laughs) say, none of this would not happen without Gray. Gray is the reason for all of this. A um, couple years back, he he helped make my podcast dreams come true. I was wanting to be on a show or be a guest, but I didn't know what to do. And when he saw my tweet, he reached out to me and invited me to be a guest on Kill the Dead. And everything it's, it's just history, like. You're just amazing, and I just want to say thank you so much. Oh, Ash, you're going to make me all tear up here. This is not in the email. (laughs) I was like, I was thinking about sending out an email like, I'm going to put in parentheses, oh, there's a surprise, but no, I just, I know I say thank you, like, multiple times, but, like, I just wanted to really give you your flowers and from the bottom of my heart say thank you, and I truly Love you. I adore you. I just appreciate everything you do for me, for Kill the Dead, for like our whole um, horror family that we have created. That's all because of you. Well, thank you. Like I am, I'm really flattered. I don't think that I've done much. I mean, I, I feel like even like you answering my DM to a complete stranger of like, yeah, I'll trust this and see if it works out. I don't think that that like was a thing thing back then. I say back then like it was forever ago. I was like, <laughs> but I, I was very thankful that you agreed to come on. You definitely filled the gap in the show and uh, survived the show through the years. <laughs> or survived is the wrong word. Obviously, we've had people who've been there from the beginning, a few different hosts, and uh, Ash is the one true only that's ever been here constant. So thank you, Ash, for uh, believing in a probably skinnier gray back then. (laughs) (laughs) 
fruit a few LBs lighter. <laughs> and I went on this crazy horror ride together. Yeah. Yes. I'm getting a little teary eye over here, but it's just, I, I just, I had to say it. I just want to say thank you. And like, no lie, I consider you like a big brother. So. Well, thank you. I don't think, <laughs> Ash, you are really going to make me choke up on this thing. <laughs> Do you need a minute? <laughs> well, I love you too. Thank you, little sis. Um, I, I see what you said. It's like I do think of us like a little horror family that, uh, you know, all of us who <laughs> we've yet to meet each other. <laughs> right. But hopefully, now that COVID's over, we can lock down some type of horror event and just get spooky together. It's going to happen, and the world's not ready for it. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so enough with the sappy stuff. Let's get to the show. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So tonight, well, not tonight, maybe today. Who knows? I don't know when you guys are listening. True. But for today's episode, we are reviewing the 1988 film Grotesque. The film was directed by Joe Tornator. He is known um for Big Trouble in Little China. He did the stunts for that. And 1976, The Zebra Force. Grotesque is um, the cast. We have Linda Blair as Lisa. And I truly adore Linda Blair. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Tab Hunter playing Rod. Donna Wilkes as Kathy. And Brad Wilson as Scratch. So for a little plot of the film, a gang of crazed punkers break into a family's home in the mountains and slaughter the entire family except for the daughter, who gets away. As the gang pursues the girl through the snow, they slowly realize a murderous figure is chasing them. So, Gray, what was your, your first impression of the film? Perfect. First impression is how did they get Linda Blair to do this? <laughs> because I was just like, uh, I don't know the time of when this released uh, compared to Savage Streets, but I remember seeing that film and she was really good in that. But I have to figure like these are around the same time. I, if I was a better co-host, I would have uh, looked that up <laughs> before this. But anyway, so for me, it's like, how did she go from Savage Streets to being in this movie? <laughs> However, I was taken back to see, what's his name? Robert Czar, who I know from Maniac Cop in this film. And I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't mean this any any bad way whatsoever. I didn't know his face was perhaps different uh, normally or... Maybe he, in real life, has uh, had a plastic surgery addiction. Which this film just made me focus on. Because this film kind of has a tongue-in-cheek approach to it. But I thought in Maniac Cop that it was special effects, but then looking at him here, it's like maybe his face was kind of different. The politest way I can think of it. Right. This film is something else. I'll start off by saying that. Um, I know, like, probably sometime last year, 
I uh, started to watch it because, I mean, Linda Blair's in it. I'm going to watch anything and everything that she is in. Mm-hmm. But I never finished it because I was just like, what the hell is this? And I just, I think I, I took a nap instead. You know me. I love my naps. So, <laughs> do. <laughs> so I decided to do that instead of finishing the film. But this film is just, you think it's going one way, but then it goes to a whole nother thing. And then it goes to a whole nother different thing. And you're like, what in the world is happening? Okay, I, I I agree with you there. Like I was texting last night on Slack. Like that's why I stopped because I was like, all right, I'm not focused because <laughs> this movie just changed and I don't know why. Uh, of course, again finishing it today, I was like, oh no, this is an intentional thing. It wasn't me. I guess I could have finished this last night, but that definitely threw me initially. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> I guess now we can um, go through the film and we'll see what happens with it. We'll stop after a couple minutes and talk about some of the scenes that happened, something that stood out to you, the characters, because <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot to be said for this film. Yeah, so, nothing yeah. was like low key about this film. Yeah, I oh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. <laughs> so just a heads up, listeners, this show we are gonna have spoilers. So that's your warning. Spoiler alert. Alrighty. So grotesque starts off. You have a an elderly woman who appears to be disturbed. And you just hear her talking. You don't understand like what she's saying. And then you cut over to a man in a cloak who is who is deformed and she's offering him sex. <laughs> like he may kill her or have sex as long as he's quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's a weird approach. Right. So we're dealing with that, and then the man takes a bite out of her neck, killing her. Well, come to find out, it's a movie that's being made. So it's like a movie within a movie. So we cut over, and we're introduced to Orville Kruger, played by Guy Stockwell. And he's like the special effects uh, person of the film, and he tells the producer, like, hey, I'm about to take a vacation in the mountains, spend some time with my family. My daughter's coming over. She's bringing a friend. I need a break. So we cut over, and we're introduced to Linda Blair's character, Lisa. Her her best friend, Kathy, are on their way to Lisa's family's home. Um, And you can tell something's up with Kathy. She kind of just seems upset. And come to find out, I guess she's going through a nasty breakup. Hence the, uh, what is she, the Bacardi Dark in Orange? Yeah. I was like, is is that a thing? What is that? I don't know. I was like, that don't sound good, especially in the morning. And she was like, and, what? I'm not driving. Right. I'm about to get liquor up. I don't care. <laughs> so on their way to the family's cabin, um, they stopped stop over to like a family friend's uh, convenience store and he gives them the warning like, hey, be careful. 
there's some punks out there terrorizing. Oh, and I actually skipped the part. They actually get terrorized by the punks. They're driving and a and a, a van full of punks decide to be like, hey, get off the road. Mm-hmm. Completely coming out of the out of nowhere, telling Lisa to get off the road, and she ignores them and they're like, Oh, we're gonna get you. We're coming back, we're gonna get you. <laughs> so fast forward to the the store, the store owner is like, Hey, be careful, there's punks out there. Um, I don't want y'all to get hurt, yada yada yada. So moving on, they finally reach the house. We're introduced to Lisa's mother, and Lisa's mother tells Kathy that um, her uncle Rod, who is a plastic surgeon, this is going to come to play later on the film, and um, he'll be coming over to the house the next day. So after settling in, Lisa asks her mother, how's Patrick doing? To which her mother says, oh, he has his good days and bad days. At this point, we don't know who Patrick is, mm-hmm. but it will uh, come into light later on into the film. Um, so while settling into their room, Lisa goes to take a shower. Kathy's laying in the bed. And someone comes in the house terrorizing her. Come to find out is Orville, who is Lisa's father, playing one of his practical jokes. Um, Did you think that's weird that he's like, he doesn't know this person and he still goes through this. And it's, you know, a younger woman that you don't know that could be indisposed. And you just still went for it. Yeah, he was a little too comfy. Yeah. He he loves his job. He <laughs> loves he loves scaring people. So I'm I mean, if I was Kathy, I would be like, yo, like I know I'm a guest in your house, but bruh. <laughs> right. Like we don't know each other like that. So um moving on. After um they have a family dinner, they're catching up. Um Orville takes Kathy to his prop room and shows her all the like special effects, makeup, mask, all the stuff that he has created. And fun fact, in this scene, you can see at least two of the silver shamrock masks from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, in the den. Oh, you know what? You're right. I mean, I didn't know they were from the actual movie. I just assumed that was Common Mask at the time. Right. Such a good movie, though. I need to go back and watch it. <laughs> but Okay, so later on in that night, after going to bed, Lisa and Kathy are awoken by the same gang of punks that were terrorizing them late earlier in the film. They drag them out of bed. They have the mother and father all tied up, and they're like, hey, we heard that you guys have something hidden in this house and we want to know what it is. We don't care if it's money or drugs or whatever. Like, we want to know what it is now. And one of the main punks in the group, his name is Scratch, and (laughs) his character just drove me insane. He's talking like this. Like, just being really, (laughs) really extra. So was his hairline. 
Oh, <laughs> not the hairline. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's all I ever looked at, especially like when he goes to the, like uh, their window, like when he stops him on the road. And I was just like, if he didn't have all that product in his hair, he would just look strange. <laughs> but that's just me. I digressed. <laughs> no, you're fine. And then you have his right hand woman, um, Shelly, who looks like a knockoff version of Pizzazz from Jim and a Hologram. But you didn't hear that from me. Oh, good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that show. But yeah, I was just like, so they're really trying the like really hard to go for the whole punk look. Okay. It it reminded me of uh Friday 13th 3D or three. Three? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, with the the, the motorcycle gang. Yeah. Just yeah. like more so extreme. All right, so the the gang has the family all tied up. They're trying to figure out what's going on in the basement. Um, so they decide they're going to kill Orville. They decide to pretty much bang him up, like just beat his head in. They um, drag the mother and they kill her. And then um, Kathy um, gets taken away and she's about to get sexually assaulted by one of the punks until one of the other female members intervenes and this scene just <laughs> this scene Kathy kind of pissed me off in this scene because she really thinks this girl was going to save her but it's like dude come on you should know better right like come on like they just trying to like terrorize you you really think she's going to save you so Kathy thinking that she is saved ends up getting uh, stabbed in the stomach. And she is um, done. Yeah. So <laughs> and the best way to put it, she is done. Um, so we're move over, yeah, moving on to Lisa. She is um, caught and taken back to the living room and she, um, she is informed that her mother and friend are both dead and that she better tell the gang members where the valuable valuables are or she's next. So instead of telling them like where the valuables are, she decides to run and um, break through the window. So she uh, breaks through the window and she just starts uh, running through the, the wilderness in the middle of winter. And um, the gang members are chasing after her. So the rest of the gang members decide to split up and go through the house to find the valuables themselves and they come across a hidden room that looks like it's decorated as a nursery. Mm. So then we're, uh, we're shown a, a deformed man um, locked in a room and he kills two of the gang members. Um he goes over and he noticed Orville's body and he goes up to his body and he's crying Papa. So, what were your thoughts when you first saw the the character? The deformed character. I couldn't figure out the or no, I'm 
I'm trying to think without spoiling where we're going to get to. But when he comes in and he goes directly into assault mode, and I'm just like, was this character going to do that regardless of what happened? Or what is this character like? What is this character? Like, yeah. I guess that's what I was thinking, because we're not introduced to him or who he might be, and we don't know if it's like uh, one of the punker friends that is just upset, or if it's perhaps Lisa's friend that's upset, or if Orville has a pet. <laughs> oh, pet's not the right word. <laughs> but like, all the thoughts went through my mind. I was just like, who is this character? And how does right. it fit in? Right. I, yeah, I, I didn't know what to make of that at all. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> so we have a whole new character, but we don't know who it is. <laughs> so um, the gang decides to split up into uh, into groups so that way there's a less chance of them being caught by the man. <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes of the film. Two of the uh, members, they make their way into like a mine shaft. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, the guy decided to make a fire. So th- this whole dialogue, I haven't written down because it just, it cracked me up. She's like telling him like, you really should have made a fire and a shaft. Like we could get caught. And like, they're just bantering back and forth. And the guy, he says, um, she was like, let me, she was like, just come over here. I'll keep you warm. My ass would keep you warm. Yeah. <laughs> And I have written down, he's like, that's because you think with your ass and not your brain. I was like, oh, he is spitting facts. Okay. And then he goes on saying, like, you think all you have to do is shake your ass and the world will stop. I was like, oh. And he just, like, puts her in place like, no, honey, that is not how it goes. (laughs) And, like, she is, like, the unnecessarily sexually charged <laughs> character in this whole ensemble. Like, there was nothing that really warranted any sexy times. Right. And was that was that the same couple that was that decided, no, that decided to have sex or that was a different couple? No, it was them. Oh, was it them? Think, okay. Yeah, I think he was just tired of it. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Right. I was like, at one point, she right? puts on the Shamrock Skull. Uh huh. I was like, wasn't that the best ride you ever had? <laughs> or something. I couldn't tell what she was doing. I'm like, is she riding or is she just making horrible faces? Yeah, at one point, I didn't know if she turned into that. And that was like their uh, budget for making a skull face it was just this situation. <laughs> yeah, but, it was just a weird, a weird scene. Which I feel dumber for not even putting that together on the Shamrock situation because, like, it's definitely a close-up. You can see the mask. Mm-hmm. But uh, good eyes on you, or good correlation. I missed thank it. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so we move on over to Scratch and his lady Shelly. And they decide that they're going to put up a fight with the mysterious man. And um, 
and trying to escape, like leave their friends behind. Like they don't care about them. <laughs> so it's sunrise and Lisa is still being chased after by the gang members who um who actually they ambush her and strangle her. Mm-hmm. So when um the mysterious guy arrives and um kills off the gang members, he notices that Lisa is unresponsive and he loses it. Uh, uh, a friend of the family arrives at the house and he discovers the bodies and he calls the authorities. So when the uh, police arrive, Uncle Rod arrives at the same time and they're trying to figure out like what's going on, who would do this and the police the police kind of pissed me off in this movie but they arrive and they're um, questioning like whether the family had enemies, uh, if Lisa would be a suspect, just making all types of wild assumptions instead of like doing their jobs. You you know, in all that detective work, no one said, "Hey, where did all this snow come from?" Right. <laughs> all of a sudden, there's snow in the film, and no one's dressed for winter or cold weather it was a very jarring jarring thing yeah i was really confused on when like not when but like what season this film was supposed to take place in yeah like i guess early spring or late fall (laughs) it's definitely could not be summer right i it was i don't know but i know uh lisa's character had a line in the beginning of the film saying like, oh, mom said all the snow is like melting off the house. So we should be able to get there easier, like easily. She does have that line. So I guess they were prepping for it. You're right. But like it wasn't there when they're entering the house. Yeah. So I I was just thrown off of like, did it snow overnight and we just didn't talk about it or I don't know. It just magically appeared. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, assuming that whoever committed these murders can't like could have gone far, um, the police, the family friend, and the uncle decide to go into the woods and try to um, find who whoever's responsible for the um, the killings. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, the mysterious guy comes across Scratch and Shelly. And he attempts to kill them, but he is shot several times by Scratch. Um, he is uh, presumed dead, but when Scratch comes closer, he attacks him. And the police posse, the family friend, the uncle arrive, and they see the mysterious guy attacking the punks. And they're like, oh, that's the killer right there. Shoot. But Uncle Rod is like, no, don't kill him. He is not the kill. Like, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Instead of listening to Rod, they decide to shoot the mysterious man. And the police take the uh, the two remaining gang members into custody. Right. So, what were your thoughts with the whole police gunning down the mysterious man? And I mean... That part wasn't really surprising, right? Whether it's meant to be social commentary or not, of police shooting first, asking questions later, 
because there is that discrepancy of what looks like this person could later we find out could have just been defending their home so mm -hmm. like me being the the texan is that that's a right you have in texas someone comes on your property they're not allowed you're allowed to shoot them murder them kill them whatever defend your property so that kind of brings that into question and that's presumably all he was doing right we still don't know that at this point but he wasn't bothering anyone. They they're the ones that decided to come up and act fools and cause all this commotion. <laughs> yeah, he was just hanging out in between the walls or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we are uh, we're moving on to the hospital. Um, we found out that Lisa has a blood clot, and there's a. 50-50 chance of surviving if they are able to remove it. Scratch and Shelly, the two punks, uh, maintain a story saying that their van's radiator needed water and they were just simply going to the house and asking for a cup of water to fix their van. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That's a severe bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, they were looking for help, and that's when the mysterious man appeared out of nowhere and started killing everyone. The police don't believe them at all. And since when they arrived, like the van had air, like sorry, the van has a cool air engine and won't need water, but they could, they could prove that they were guilty of the murders. Mm -hmm. So then we find out that Lisa actually passes away from the surgery and was the only witness of the home invasion. So with that uh, happening, Scratch and Shelly are scheduled to be released uh, from custody within 48 hours. So we actually, this next scene, we're actually getting some clarification on who this mysterious man is. Rod, um, Rod, Uncle Rod, he is explaining to the police that the mysterious man was an abandoned child named Patrick and the Krugers took him in and raised him and he, that Patrick would never do anything to harm anyone. Right. Um, Rod is extremely upset that the police can act because of the lack of evidence. So he decides he's going to come up with his own plan to make sure that justice is served. Rod, um, he goes and he rents two surgical tables and gets a shotgun from an associate. And the day of when uh, Shelly and Scratch are released, he pulls up and he's like, oh, hey guys, I have a question. And he threat threatens them and forces them into the car with the shotgun. Yeah. Also, uh, no one raised any questions that he rented two surgical tables. <laughs> no, like, like the scene where he's like picking them up. She's like, "Are you gonna have them for long?" The receptionist. He's like, yeah. "I don't know." It's like renting a grill from a propane shop. It's like, how long do you want to rent this? <laughs> hey, you're not a registered doctor here. What are you doing? Right. She was just like, oh, "I'm just gonna go ahead and rent them out." I did my job. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, Uncle Rod arrives to uh, the house, and he 
uh, ties down the two punks to the surgical tables. And he later, he goes on and explains that Patrick was actually his son and that he was born with physical deformities and, um, and that Rod himself has the same deformities and that his brother Orville uh, uses special effects skills to make him a mask that will allow him to live in society. What were your thoughts on that? So when we get the twist, the the second twist reveal of him ripping off the mask that he was wearing as his, I guess, assimilating mask to reveal his true face, I was initially was like, wait, I thought he was dead. And then there are <laughs> slight differences in the face, and obviously he can speak. So, uh, bigger difference. Or And I guess he really was a surgeon? Yeah, he was a plastic surgeon. The only part about that was that it's like, okay, so you're in this world and you couldn't fix your face? The best you could do is have your special effects brother make you a mask that rips off. Probably takes you six hours a day to put on. But you just rip yeah. off. <laughs> I was, that whole scene, when he's like ripping the mask off, I was like, what in the, like, I had to rewind it again to see what was going on. Because it seemed like it was just happening so fast. Yeah. I was like, that's yeah, a was, good quality yeah. mask. A little better just because it's like, even when he's holding a mask, he's not even holding up a balled up mask of anything. It's like he's holding, I don't know, paper towels. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It's fine. People have budgets. You got to do what you can. Right. And for as many masks that are in this film, I don't know how many were actually designed. But there's a good variety, assuming that they didn't have to make some of them. They didn't just go to the store and buy them all, I assume. Right. But, all right, so <laughs> we're getting close. We're getting, We're almost at the end of the movie. So Raj says that he goes through, um, not goes through, but he's actually telling him like, that he is beautiful by comparison since they are truly ugly and that the room is soundproof so no one will ever hear them. Mm. So we're cut to the scene and Rod is um, showing without a mask. He is chilling in the living room, enjoying his drink, and he doesn't have his mask on. He is just in, he's just embracing the moment. Yeah. And we are shown the uh, Shelly and Scratch in that room, the soundproof room, and let's just say Uncle Rod got his revenge. He takes his plastic surgeon skills and he decides he's going to deform them himself. Right. Oh. <laughs> I like it in principle. Uh, when I first saw them, I was like, why do they have pasta on their face? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't. It took me a second to be like, oh, oh, wait, he performed the surgery. Yeah, it was just interesting because I, I couldn't help to notice did Shelly have like was her lips formed into like a butthole? Yeah, it looked like it, right? Like, yeah, I was just like, oh. Centipede. Oh, that yeah, I was gonna bring that up, but I didn't want to. Oh, <laughs> um so 
uh, we're shown Scratch and Shelly. They're trying to scream, but it's in a soundproof room, and Uncle Raj just enjoying the moment. He got his revenge. He is happy. So then the movie is kind of like cutting up, and the events of the story that were shown are um, being previewed in like a preview screening of an upcoming movie with the cast watching in attendance. So the film that's being shown is ends abruptly, and we are moved over to the uh, the projection room, and we are shown Frankenstein and the Wolfman. They are <laughs> discussing the film, and the Wolfman admits to having smashed the projector since it didn't. Um, he didn't like how the film depicted monsters, while Frankenstein states that the film was simply an eight out of ten. They uh, both agreed to show everyone that what. I'm sorry. They both agreed to show everyone what real monsters are like and burst into the screening room, causing everyone to scream and run out in fear. So the film ends with Frankenstein and Wolfman just talking and they're just stating that they are still the best. And that's the end of Grotesque. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Thoughts on the ending of this film? I thought at this point they just went for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to double down on everything. This makes a triple twist. And it's fine because I guess at the beginning of the film, maybe if there was a better narrative, we would have figured out that that film right there wasn't done and it needed to be... They were going to finish playing the film. So okay. it should have stand reason that we were just still watching the film that we saw. Yeah, so I guess with that, with how the movie ended, would that be like three movies within a movie? Yeah. movies within a movie? The cover kind of alludes to that. There's three different faces in a mask in the uh, IMDb version of the poster. That explains it. Yeah, now it does that I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I just I didn't know what to expect. I like we said earlier, like this movie starts off with one thing and then goes to another and then goes to another. You don't know where this movie is heading. So seeing that ending, I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I guess it was just trying to send a message of like they had a special message that they had for the film and that was their way of sh- like showing it I don't know I was just a little confused yeah I don't know I because <laughs> I, I don't know who the intended audience was either so there's, there's that right yeah, yeah, you you have a point right there because I was just like, so I guess I guess pretty much saying like with Frankenstein and the Wolfman, they're saying that like human beings are the real monsters that everyone should not be scared of the Frankenstein's, the Wolfman's, the the deformed characters. 
because they're actually the good guys. I don't, that's that's my take of the film, like the ending of it. That's the kind of message I was getting. I don't yeah. know about you. I don't. I think that's what they were alluding to. However, he, uh, Patrick, I guess his name would have been, was defending his home. So he's not a monster. He reacted to burglars. Now, Tom, he may have been a monster because the police co-signed it. It was like, oh, you're going to take justice into your own hands? Okay. <laughs> right. He's like, I don't care what you do. <laughs> Get that street justice. Right. <laughs> All right. So is there anything from the film that you wanted to elaborate? I say elaborate. <laughs> I'll elaborate. <laughs> Elabor- you want to elaborate? That you want to like go to more depth with? No, I think you covered it well. There's there, the movie's only ninety ish minutes, so it's not long. I so think, perfect for dust. Uh, not Dustin, Devin. Dustin or Devin, either one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think you covered it well. Well, thank you. It was it was a lot. It was a mouthful. Yeah. There's no other way to go through this film. <laughs> no or uh, you know I took a day and a half to watch it you took six months to watch it so. <laughs> and you know what my second time watching this film I took a nap <laughs> I was tired I've been up since 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> I understand so I was like yeah let me just take a quick little nap and I'll be able to finish it so out of four masks what would your, what would your rating of the film be? I'm going to give it two masks. Okay, okay. I think it's uh, great '80s cheese horror slasher stuff. If that's your bag. Um, however, if you're looking for narrative, I think that's where it, it draws down the score, or I would have been more. Yeah, I definitely agree. I give this film two out of four masks. Um, <laughs> this film is wild. You you don't know what's going to happen. You do have a good cast. You have Linda Blair. I mean, come on. Even though she's not like the final girl of the film, you still have her. Um, I feel like if you're bored and you're just looking for cheesy, trashy film to pass the time, that this film would be perfect. And it is uh, streaming on Tubi, of course. I would know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I do have to ask, should Grotesque rise from the dead or stay buried? I think 100% it should rise from the dead. If this was a Blu-ray copy on, um, I don't know, Shout Factory or Vinegar Syndrome, I think they do stuff like this, I would buy it. 100%. Okay. See, I was struggling with this because I'm like, (sighs) it's a wild film. It's not that bad of a film. Like, it has its moments. I feel like the message they're trying to trying to present was kind of clear, but at the same time, you don't know who they're trying to direct the, the message to. 
I would like to see a remake of this film. I wouldn't be mad at that either. I think if you actually put... Like, this film looks like it could have been shot on high eight, like film. Uh Or someone's home camcorder for sure. So even if someone had the goal to just use an iPhone to record a remake, I would be fine with that. Right. I Yeah, I feel like with today's technology and all that stuff, like, this would be a fun film that should be remade. So to answer the question, I'll, I'm going to piggyback off Gray and say I believe that Grotesque should rise from the dead. So, awesome. Yes. So if you're uh, wanting to check out this film yourself, I just, uh, like I said, is streaming on Tubi. Um, I believe you can watch it on Prime also through the Shout Factory channel. You, you just have to deal with commercials, but I mean, it's better than paying. <laughs> it's also on YouTube, uh, which the I would say the quality is the exact same. <laughs> oh, is is it uh is there a charge or is free? No, it's free. Oh, okay. All righty. So Gray, where can the listeners find you? You can find me on all social media at Gray himself. That's G-R-A-E himself. I'm currently working on season two of Gray Matter. We just released a bonus episode either recently or not recently, depending on when you're listening to this. But <laughs> you should definitely check out the Army of the Dead episode that I did with John Hazelwood and Ryan Kinney. We had lots of fun discussing it. And if you like horror theories, fan theories, or like hearing my smooth voice, not as sultry as Devin's, <laughs> uh, you know, Gray Matter podcast on all major platforms. Hey, I still need to watch Army of the Dead. I don't know why I keep putting it on. I mean, it's been out for like, what, about a week or so now? Uh, No, like May 14th. Really? It's going on a month, Ash. Where have I been? (laughs) Well, you know what? I don't know when it came on Netflix. It came out in theaters May 14th. So it may have not been on Netflix as long. Okay. Okay, maybe. Hmm. So, hmm. so would you say this film should be viewed at home or should I go to theaters? I watch it on a plane. <laughs> so I can't, you know, I didn't have my phone to distract me or people coming in and out. It was just me and this guy who probably wishes I wasn't watching a horror movie right next to him. <laughs> oh, well. So for me, it worked out in my situation just because I wasn't going anywhere. And it was almost the perfect time of my first flight. Okay. I'll I'll have to try to check it out. I will say ever since Devin converted me, or I'm sorry, Devin convinced me to watch Kong in IMAX, I may be an IMAX fan. That might be 2021 me. Oh, okay. Before, I didn't really care. But now it's like, if there's an IMAX in the theater I go to, I uh, try to see if there's a showtime that works with whatever schedule I'm on. There you go. I think the last film I probably saw, like, seen in IMAX was Avengers. (laughs) And it was worth it. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're talking about, like, Endgame, I remember I was just happy to be able to get a ticket. It wasn't... I didn't want to wait until whenever I wanted to see it I believe that Thursday or Wednesday, whenever it came out, 
Because I don't. Oh, need, yeah. I need to avoid all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was actually for Endgame. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I want experience. I want experience that again so bad. That was amazing. Well, I guess in ten more years we'll have another <laughs> another culmination of Marvel films. Oh, lordy. <laughs> All right, listeners, you can find me on Twitter at Ash to Ashes. That's Ash with the X in the middle, Ashes. And that's the end of our show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Gray, for being my second guest on the show. I had a lot of fun. Appreciate getting the invite. Of course. I, You know I had to bring you on the show. Come on. Thank you. You're welcome. So thank you, everyone, for listening. If you do listen to the show, please leave me a rating, a star rating. Leave me your comments. Um, If you have a film that you would like for me and a guest to review, hit me up with that. I'm open for suggestions. All right. Till then, y'all take care. Peace and love. Bye. Bye. Bye.